Chin a boot. Boom. Boom. Hello. Hello. Hiya. Hi mate, how are you doing? Oh, great, it's been so long since I saw you. How was your last week? Fine, it only felt like a couple of minutes. It did, didn't it? Weirdly. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to... <laughs> it's not going to make any sense again to anyone. We're sorry. Uh, welcome <laughs> welcome to Tuna Boot. Um, the boot that you can tune. Tuna Boot. <laughs> Still need to record that. Yeah, yeah, we'll get that done at some season five. Season we'll get our jingle done. Mm. Um, yeah, welcome back. Um, thank you for everyone listening so far. All that we've got an hour really exciting episode for you today. Something different again, as we're prone to do on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, like, subscribe, follow us on things. At real tuna underscore boot on the Instagrams, Facebook, just search tuna boot, you'll find us. Mm-hmm. Hi, listen to us on all your podcasty things Spotify, Acast, iHeartRadio, Deezer, mm. Verbal. Mm. We're on quite a few different things. Yes, we are everywhere. We are everywhere and nowhere. Precisely. Yeah. We're a conceptual uh, mismatch over here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass you over and leave the legwork this week to our good friend Jim. Hello. Oh, <laughs> Liam's not here. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, as you heard last week, Liam uh, Liam got duped when he bought some magic beans. Uh, good news, he's got his money back, mm-hmm. which is lovely. Bad news, he can only get it back if he goes to the post office to get it. Yeah. And Liam, being typical Liam, left it till recording day to oh. go to the post office to get his money. Uh, I don't know how that works. Nope. Um, it's in an envelope of some description, but that's where Liam is this week. He might drop by by the end, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't, you know, hold your hopes up. I was oh. going to say I wouldn't count your chickens, <laughs> but uh, well, you can count your chickens if you want. Yeah. yeah. None. Yeah. Oh, who's this? Oh, hello. Hey guys, it's Liam. Oh, hi Liam. Hi. How are you? Fine. Have you been to the post office yet? Yes, but I went past the dentist and got some work done. That's why I sound like this. <laughs> that was good. Bye. See, sorry for that. That was shit. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Liam. That wasn't Liam. That was Jim. It was me. <laughs> um, and I've also got the sponsor for this week. Uh, it is Tam Dons Tandems. Tandems, Tandems. All right. Uh, Tam Dom. Tam Don has tandems. You can rent them in the Edinburgh area. It's all online again. Doesn't have a doesn't have a phone number. No, it's surprising that none of these have phone numbers no. we can give out. I mean, they phoned us. <laughs> they, did. They, all, they all have private numbers, or a lot of them. A lot of it's through email and stuff like that. But you know, they're, he's competing with the Just Eat guys. But it's mm. tandems. Tam Don's tandems. He's also got a. <laughs> Carry on. He's got a side business where he does. Uh, ramen ramen as well he's got tandons tandems and ramen um, <laughs> is his ramen any good no <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why he's, he's put that on the end of it um, yeah anyway that was shite as well right so let's just get into the episode <laughs> so apologies uh, it's not going to get any better so this week what we decided to do was uh, read out a story that I co-wrote with uh, this website. It's called AI Dungeon. You might have heard of it. So basically what it does is it 
asks you to give uh, character names, a sort of description of the place and the sort of situation and what kind of story it is. And you type in a sentence or a couple of sentences, bits of dialogue or whatever, and it'll generate the next bit of story for you, basically. right? So we were going to try and write one live, but we thought, that's a bit of an R sake. And I've already got a couple that I've saved. So I thought I'd read through them, read through one, and uh, we'll stop periodically to get Dribble's thoughts, perhaps what, perhaps he could guess which parts were written by me, which parts were ge- <laughs> randomly generated, and where the story, if there is a story, might be going. And um, again, it won't live up to last week's episode, which was a barnstormer, uh, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. But it's, it's somewhat along the similar lines as, well, it's not really. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm very excited, I've never heard this. Mm-hmm. First time reactions. Let's see if we get into it. Let's see if it's shite. Let's see if we can tell which bits Jim wrote and which bits the AI wrote. Absolutely. So, Troubled Stuntman is my username on it. I don't know if you can find each other. I've not got the pro version or whatever anyway, so probably a waste of time. So anyway, this story is called A Mystery of Space and Time. (laughs) Okay. It's created from a scenario detective. So it asks you, there's things you can click on and it'll say, what kind of story, like superhero, whatever, Apocalypse is one of them, different sort of scenarios. So what it's supposed to do, once you enter the details and character names and stuff, is it's supposed to remember them and generate a story. But it's a, it's a bit clunky, as you'll find out. So the description of it is, Detective Jim McDonough <laughs> kills a suspect, then time warps and things start to not make sense. <laughs> Is there a true internal logic or is it just nonsense? I will stop you there before you go on and give you all the money to make this into a film already. Yep, I'm more than up for this. So, you are Jim McDonough, a detective living in Chicago. You have a pistol and a police badge. (laughs) I haven't read this in a long time. You enter the forest where you believe the criminal you're searching for fled to. Suddenly... Buckley, a detective friend of yours, calls and tells you that a train on a nearby track has been holed up by someone and the robber escaped by jumping onto the back of a flatbed truck. You say... Now, this is another thing I need to point out. When it says you say, that is the main character's name, so it's Jim... Whenever it says you say, it's the character of Jim McDonough. Okay. Who's saying it. Sort of like second person writing of Jim Yeah, Mark. which yeah. is really frustrating because you keep trying to write it he said, but it's, it's you. Okay. So it's yeah. a bit but whenever it says you says you do whatever, it's the character of Jim McDonough. Jim McDonough. Can we can we where did the name Jim McDonough come from? Well the first name came from my first name. Ah. Which ah. is Jim. Yes. Uh, and McDonough came from uh, Martin McDonough, who's my favourite writer. Wrote in Bruges as we've talked. I keep feel like I keep talking like I'm obsessed, which I am. But, <laughs> you know, I am currently sitting on the, a giant poster of in Bruges right now. Right next, next to a giant poster of three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which he also did. Two absolute masterpieces. And um, fun fact: he wrote a play, which was alongside Dougal's play mm-hmm. in a series that we did uh, called "A Becoming," where the detective was called F- Detective Frank McDonough, which I thought that was like the best name for a detective ever. But I put myself in the story. Because <laughs> when I wrote this, this was a while ago when I was, when I was obsessed with it, and I thought, you know what, put myself in the story. But it's not me. I feel like this might have been confusing enough. 
<laughs> Should I read that start bit again? <laughs> just no, just carry on from where you were. Okay. You say, what the hell are you telling me that for? I'm in a forest looking for a murderer. I'm just saying, maybe you should consider leaving this area, Buckley says. The murderer could be anywhere by now. What does that have to do with my investigation? Nothing, I'm sorry. Is the murderer in a cabin, Buckley says. I don't know. I just I just know it's in the forest. Are you done? Yes, but see you around, Buckley. You hang around. You hang up. You hang up. <laughs> you hang up and follow the tracks. You're an expert tracker. After about an hour of searching, you find the cabin. It's a small, primitive-looking place. It has a dirt floor and a wood stove. There is a man lying on the bed. You point your gun at Harry Scraggler. <laughs> Harry Scraggler. The murderer as he sleeps. You grab your gun, aim it at the man's head and fire. The bullet hits Scragger, changed, in the forehead, killing him instantly. <laughs> you celebrate with a drink at the local watering hole. <laughs> Buckley joins. You walk into the saloon and find Buckley. He tells you that he has looked into... Scraggler's death it appears to be a simple robbery gone wrong you say you really are a terrible detective I shot Scraggler <laughs> what? two days ago I shot Scragger in the head he's dead no you must have meant another man with that name you are very very confused <laughs> Jim you okay? Buckley says y- yes I'm fine you look a little strange no I'm good just stressed out about the case I'm not surprised Jim still though you should remember the people you shoot. What? <laughs> I don't. It's been a few years, but I remember Scragger and what he was doing the night your father died. He shot the town sheriff in the back. Is, is your father the town sheriff? Or? I don't know. <laughs> That's what I mean. You try and make it make sense, and then it just adds this random shit in. So sometimes you just have to give in. I like how there's this prominence of like you say a watering hole it instantly goes saloon and sheriff definitely <laughs> it's a western now yeah excellent oh, I love that as well sorry before you <laughs> carry on the dialogue sort of reminds me of a conversation we probably have when we were both pished yeah except this makes a bit more sense mm. <laughs> somewhat <laughs> somewhat <laughs> you are massively confused you order a round of drinks and you and Buckley shoot the breeze you go to the bar and order a round of drinks You and Buckley talk about old times, the good old days, and various other topics. So you actually told the coroner to hurry up and find the bullet, or he'd find one in him, Buckley says. Yeah, took a lot of convincing, and getting angry, but it was worth it. (laughs) Good thing you're not a professional killer then, huh? Buckley chuckles. You smile, but make a mental note to work out what Buckley is getting at. (laughs) Is he just joking, or does he actually think you didn't shoot Scragger? Scragger again. You finish your drink and decide to call it a night. You head out of the bar and hail a carriage back to your hotel. <laughs> you undress, shower and sit at the windowsill window and look out into the night with a brooding intensity. You wake up, feeling groggy. You head to the hotel bar. You order a single black beer and take a seat by the window. <laughs> a black beer, eh? After about an hour, a man sits next to you. You don't remember, do you? The man says. You look at him, his face is scarred, and his eye is hidden by a patch. <gasps> you killed my sister. <gasps> you say, I don't think so. What are you doing here? You say, I'm here to kill you. You drop your drink, it splashes into your lap. <laughs> what? That's ridiculous. 
The man takes out a gun and you kick it out of his hand. You and the man fight, tearing up the bar and eventually you both fall through a window. You both land on a pile of rubble, which crunches. (laughs) The man gets up and fires a shot, but you tackle him again. You are covered in glass and your heart and your back is bleeding. You manage to knock the man out. You drag him into your car and you drive him to the police station. You get cleaned up. A doctor sees to your wounds. Captain Holt walks in to talk to you. So this is obviously where I've kicked in again. Captain Holt's from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nice, nice. So that whole last (laughs) bit was all AI. I think it was bits and pieces were mine. I can't remember actually. Some of the dialogue, I think, is more... Just because it's a bit more coherent. Possibly. In some parts. (laughs) It's it's hard to tell at this point. I mean, there's so many plots that I can't keep up at this point. No, it just keeps throwing shit at you. (laughs) You get cleaned up. Dr. CC, when Captain Holt walks in to talk to you, I don't know what that fool was talking about, you say. Normally I'd believe you, but I've known you too long. I'm sure you do know what he's talking about. You say, I really don't. Nobody is making any sense. Excuse me. Buckley was talking nonsense as well. What do I do, Captain Holt? I'd go see a psychiatrist. You'd nod, but your mind is made up. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to find out who the man is and why he's trying to kill you. You ask to interrogate the man before you leave. I don't think that'll help, Captain Holt says. It has to. We have to find out what he knows. I suppose it won't hurt to let you go through him. You and the man are in interrogation room three. You padlock the door and have him sit in the chair. (laughs) Does this happen a lot, the man says. (laughs) You say, no. Nothing seems to be normal at the moment. So we'll start with the obvious question. Who are you? My name is Daniel. I am a simple man with a simple job. Trying to support a family I have a right to, the man says. You say, Daniel what? Daniel Scarsdale. That's what. You're a very, you're, you're a very pretentious name. <laughs> I suppose it is so simple to trick but so hard to lie to you say what does that mean you'll find out oh. you decide to try a more direct approach I want to know what you mean by that that's me <laughs> <laughs> falling out of the AI at this point I want to know what you mean by that. <laughs> you first you say I don't have to explain anything to you. You tried to kill me and now you're talking in cryptic nonsense. Fine, then I'll ask a question. Why are you important? I am not. You stop. Remember something, Jim? Daniel says. Yeah, my name's not really Jim. I don't understand. I thought we were going to guess each other's identities. (laughs) You say, I just thought I'd play you your own game. Ah, I see. Nice try, human. But you won't get out of here without answering my question. I don't have to. It's obvious that I'm not important. You sit down and look at Daniel Scarsdale in the eye. You are important to me, you say. So that wasn't me, even though I thought it was. Daniel sits forward in his seat, his eye his eye narrow, and stares at you. <laughs> I see. So what do you want from me, Daniel Scarsdale? You say, is your attempt to murder me related to Scragger? What are you, his keeper? Yes, we used to work together. I fired him. He's been a little upset about it ever since. You pause. You say, So you wanted revenge for his death? You could put it that way. No, I don't miss him. I don't have time for nostalgia. I have a family to take care of. I needed someone who understood that. You say, Who? (coughs) You, for one. Your life was spared for a reason, human. You make a note that Daniel keeps calling you human. 
You have my attention. Can you explain yourself? You ask. Of course. I'd rather show you. That's why I brought you here. Ah, uh, he's not a human. I don't know. You say, I seem to remember dragging your beaten up ass here myself. Daniel smiles. Touché. All right, <laughs> come on. <laughs> he stands up and beckons you to follow. You follow Daniel scars. You follow Daniel to the th- medical room. The th- medical room. So it's obviously the medical room, but there's no space. In the medical room, Dr. Melfi is waiting for you. Nice. She is a psychiatrist. So that's obviously Dr. Melfi from The Sopranos. So I've entered that character name in at some point. Nice, nice, nice. Daniel beckons for you to sit down. I'm glad you could come on such short notice, Jim, Daniel says. You say, you just walked me here. Wait, why did I tell you that? You let me. I have to say, Daniel Scarsdale, you are one polite suspect. You frown, not knowing what the man means. It's a, it is a pleasure to see you. Please take a seat, Dr. Melfi says. You sit down. Daniel leaves. I still need to interrogate him at some point, you say. <laughs> the two of you sit in silence for a moment. Awkward. It's obvious neither of you wants to start the conversation. Dr. Melfi smiles and says, Why don't you start by telling me about the death of Harry Scragger? You smile back and go with it. So, couple, I, I love the interrogation scene. Because yeah. there were definite moments in there that you got really pissed off at the AI. <laughs> and there's, it's almost becomes a meta script where it's you interrogating the AI, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what the fuck's going on in your own script. Yeah. And then, obviously, Dr. Matthew. I really enjoyed the character of Captain Holt because I think the AI wrote him pretty well. Yeah. 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 And this whole idea, what do you think, human? I'm intrigued. I get there's a lot going on. It's too much to unpack, really. I think you just need to kind of go with it in certain places, but... If there's any plot holes, I've got a guy. Yeah. Fill up your hole. Call back to last week. Uh, We're we're almost about halfway through, so we've got time to dig into this. Oh, we can finish it and dig into it. Mm. Excellent. Carry on, my wayward son. Okay. You say, I got an anonymous tip that Harry Scragger was in the woods hiding out. He had killed three women. And three more women. (laughs) (laughs) I had to kill him. I don't want to take credit for that because I can't remember, but I hope I know that. That sounds like a touch of cloth. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant satire on the crime drama. So good. Watch it. Absolutely fantastic. Um, he killed three women and three more women. I had to kill him. He was asleep so I could have just arrested him. Called for backup, but I shot him. You were silent for a moment, trying to recall all the details. What did the tip say exactly? Dr. Melfi asks. You say... It was a woman's voice. She sounded like one of the victims. She was Scragger in the... F- she said Scragger is in the forest. Get him. Dr. Melfi nods, making a few notes on her pad. She seems to be thinking about what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> then she looks up. You try to see what she sees, but don't. I assumed you called for backup because... Well, it seems like a pretty dangerous thing to do. You shrug and say, I'm a police officer. I take chances. But surely you're aware of all the potential dangers involved. I mean, aren't you? You say, of course. I suppose I wasn't myself that day. I haven't been myself for a long time. (gasps) Tell me about that. You sigh and say, there's not much to tell. I've had a long battle with depression. I'm winning, though. Are you really? Dr. Malfi replies. I'd say we have a lot of work to do. You say, I suppose so. Do you have any answers, Dr. Melfi? I don't have answers. I I have hypotheses. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to test these hypotheses. How did you know my name, Jim? Dr. Melfi says. Not many people do. How did you know mine? 
Not many people do that either. Our paths <laughs> crossed once. I just recognised you this time. You say, listen, I appreciate you trying to help, but I'm getting really tired of people talking in riddles. Can you just tell me if any of this is really? <laughs> Who is Daniel Scarsdale? Dr. Melfi gets a funny look on her face and then chuckles a bit. All right, I'll tell you what I know about him. You wait patiently. I don't know a lot, to be honest. He's one of the lords, if that helps. Huh? That mostly helps, you say? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> this, this is my favourite bit. <laughs> I remember this happening now. I'm going to read it all again because it's, it's worth it. You wait patiently. I don't know a lot, to be honest. He's one of the lords, if that helps. That mostly helps, you say. Time lords, Jim. Daniel Scarsdale is a time lord. <laughs> time lords, Jim. The place you're currently in is an illusion. You were forced to kill Scragger. Time has been bent around you so much that you are losing your grip on reality, Dr. Melfi says. Oh, I don't feel so good, you say. And then you hurry out of the room. You sprint outside of the building and vomit violently. Good God, you whisper. Captain Holt comes out and puts a hand on your shoulder. <laughs> Do you feel that? You nod. That's what it feels like when the world starts to break. <laughs> you inhale deeply through your nose and exhale slowly. The worst part about all this is that you will never be able to get back to where things make sense, Captain Holt says, with a real sense of pain. You look up at the starless sky and feel the cold wind on your face. What should I do, Captain? What would you do, Jim? I'm not sure. I think killing Scarsdale would make a lot of people's lives better. It would, wouldn't it? Only one way to find out, you say. <laughs> Time Lords, Jim. I can't remember who wrote that, but it's brilliant. I want, I'd love to take credit for it. <laughs> Time Lords, Jim. It's went from a, a cop drama to a western mm-hmm. to uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine to The Sopranos and then to Doctor Who. Yeah. In one fell swoop. It's, it's a very fell swoop. <laughs> it's the fellest of swoops. Time Lords, Jim. That's a good, that's a good reveal. Mm, I'm stumped. Well, only one way to find out. Yeah. Well, I don't think you're going to get away with it. You look at Captain Holt and nod. I nod a lot, apparently. <laughs> I'm ready whenever you are. Good man. You get back to the hotel. The bar is not trashed anymore. Scarsdale's gun is on the floor. <laughs> The bar is not trashed <laughs> Pick it up and get excited to kill Scarsdale. Captain Holt pours two drinks at the bar. There you go. Here's looking at you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> he gives you one of the drinks and heads to a table in the back. You take a long sip from the cup. Buckley walks in. Jim, how have you been? I've been alright. What do you want? <laughs> Nothing. I'm here to see Dr. Melfi. She's in her office. The door on the left when you walk in. You wonder how you know that. Then you take your drink to the table with Captain Holt. I see they let you in here. Glad to see you're making friends, kid. I'm not really supposed to be in here. Buckley says, that's true. Suppose you've got to ask yourself, why are any of us here? If Scarsdale bent time around you to make you kill Skrager, then why does it affect us? Why are we a part of it? Why even bother? (laughs) <laughs> Buckley pours himself a drink I'll tell you why because we choose to be and I choose to be on my first date with my girlfriend Veronica that's why he takes a drink
<laughs> so it's not quite as funny as the Harry Potter ones, but sometimes it comes out with this shit. Oh, <laughs> Doctor Melfi's one in a time loop. I choose to be with my girlfriend on our first. The arc of <laughs> Buckley is fantastic. Hey, it's like fucking Inception meets when Harry met Sally. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you say, where is Veronica? Why are you on a date just now? Buckley brings his glass up to the table and looks at you. It's a memory of mine. I think it's supposed to be happening right now. Instead, I'm here with you, says Buckley, before sitting next to you and Captain Holt. Veronica and I went to the park. We got engaged. We got married. We loved each other very much. I miss her. Holt drops a cigarette in the remains of his drink. Are you going to help us kill Skiraga, Buckley? Questions Captain Holt. I don't know. Maybe. I'm thinking about it. Buckley lights his cigarette. You say, it's okay if you don't, but I'd like you to be there. I will think about it, but I'm not promising anything. Fair enough. I suppose that's all one can ask for. So, Scarsdale still hasn't shown up. You say, nope. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think if he's going to show up here. I don't know if he's going to show up here, actually. All that right. makes sense. <laughs> Why don't we just have a drink? think if he's going to show up here. But he's going to that. <laughs> Why don't we just have a drink and enjoy ourselves until he does? Tell Captain Holt that story about the coroner. Buckley holds his drink out and Captain Holt fills it. Thank you, sir, says Buckley. I'd love to tell that story. You, Buckley and Captain Holt, tell stories, laugh and drink while they wait for Scarsdale. It's been a while since you've done any of this, at least without a roof over your head. It's a nice feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Implies the characters go camping a lot together, doesn't it? Or just sit in the forest. Time passes and the stories get more body and the drinks get stronger. You want to go for a beer run? Yeah, yeah, I'll get a beer run while we when we think about these oh my God. stories getting more body. We're very we're quite near the end, so we've got plenty of time to think about it. That's good. I need at least ten minutes to dissect this. Mm. Interstitial music. Interstitial music. Interstitial music. Interstitial music. Oh yeah. So our tr- trouble stuntman's debut single, Interstitial Music, will be coming out. Interstitial music. Ow. Yeah. And we're back in the room. Mm. <laughs> Give us a quick recap, Jim, before we carry on. Um, <laughs> well, we're in the hotel, Buckley. <laughs> Jim McDonough and Captain Holt are in the hotel telling stories waiting for Scarsdale to show up but also Buckley's on a date with Veronica while waiting to see Dr Malfi yeah which is on the room to the left you say I can't thank you guys enough for making this time special I've got a real feeling that once this showdown happens things will be over I hope you're wrong kid I hope to hell you're wrong Captain Holt takes another drink before finishing his story that was the best story wasn't it Captain Holt says (laughs) (laughs) So he went from Raymond Holt to Han Solo to Child very quickly. <laughs> then Scarsdale enters the room. St- Scarsdale stands at the doorframe. Well, boys, are you ready to do this? We're all set, Scars, says Captain Holt. Takes another drink. I think it thinks the name is Captain Holt takes another drink. <laughs> says Captain Holt takes another drink. <laughs> You say, so this is it, Scarsdale. This is where it ends. 
at least one of us is, kid, at least one of us is. Let's do it, says Buckley. Not here, says Scarsdale. Let's go up to the roof. Much nicer up there. <laughs> you, Buckley, Captain Holt and Scarsdale go up to the roof. Dr. Melfi is there. Scragger is there with a massive bullet hole in his head. <gasps> but he is still alive. No. He mumbles something about Melfi and begins taking off his clothes. <laughs> what the hell is wrong with him, says Scarsdale. Put a bullet in his head and he's coming on to you? You say, I'm not the one to ask. You're the Time Lord. You should know. It's complicated, says Scarsdale. Bullets in the mind are a very complicated affair. Are you seriously telling me you can't explain in simple terms? Dr. Melfi explains. I'm afraid he's right. If Scarsdale were to tell you, it wouldn't make sense to you. It might even confuse you more. It is my medical opinion that you should not ask too much. Scragger is now removing his clothes. For God's sake, do something, says Captain Holt. He's toying with you, says Dr. Melfi. You say, it's fine, Captain. Just ignore it. I am beginning to understand how this reality works a little bit. I'm not crazy, says Scraga. This is a reality that's under my complete control. I can make you forget what I say right now. You say, it's Scarsdale that's in control on the reality. <laughs> but he's not in control of my actions. Captain Holt nods in agreement. Of course, says Scarsdale. If the man were to take his clothes off now, he'd probably continue to listen to what he has to say. You say, probably. Scragger takes his clothes off. The third and final time. <laughs> say, why are you now taking off your clothes? This is reality. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> He's got a point. Yeah. Scragger now stands in front of you completely starkers. Where's your sense of adventure, he says, and begins rubbing himself against you. <laughs> oh my god. You see. Well, I could not have predicted this. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I mean, he says, and takes your head in his hands, staring deeply into your eyes. I like you. I want you. Take off your clothes. You say, stop trying to confuse me, Scarsdale. You have to try- we have to try and kill each other, not sleep with each other. Fine, he says. With that, Scragger takes off into the night, running away. You're not as smart as you think, kid, he shouts. You get back here, you shout. And Scarsdale's and Scarsdale walks back to you. How are you doing that, says Scarsdale, truly terrified. You're actually making it harder for me to run away. How can I possibly escape from such a powerful enemy? I don't know, you reply. Well, let's find out. You shoot Scarsdale in the head. He's dead before he hits the ground. Buckley, Captain Holt, Scragger and Dr Melfi stare at the dead body. What the hell are you doing, says Buckley? We need to get out of here, now. You say, no we don't. Just look around. It's all going back to normal. What are you talking about, says Dr Melfi. We're fine here. We can finish our drinks. If it stops you lot worrying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, says Captain Holt. You say, what drinks? Why did you say that? I can't find Buckley, says Dr Melfi. I just hope he's having a better time than I am. He takes another gulp of his drink. <laughs> he's gone. You say, who said that? I did, comes the reply from the bar top. I did not. You did too. So who's lying? The blackness fills your vision. You cannot move. You cannot speak. This is how it ends, you think. Is this what reality has become? Why are you doing this to me, you whisper. I don't want this. Please. He's gone again. 
comes that apply. Is that is that a, that's the end? That's Ooh. the end. Ooh. Oh Christ, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me. Uh well So what do you reckon then? <laughs> Again, I'll still give you all my money to do it. Definitely. As long as you can get Andre Brower and Lorraine Brocco to play Melfi and Well that should be too hard. A couple of no. phone calls. Uh, who would you have to play Jim McDonough? Oh fuck me. Um Humphrey Bogart, ideally. <laughs> I mean, uh, what is Scarsborough or Scragger, or perhaps both of them need to be played by Nicolas Cage? Scragger could be Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Scarsdale, Daniel Scarsdale could be. Jim McDonough's played by Sam Rockwell. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he just makes everything better. Scarsdale, Mads Mickelson. I can, I can just because I've seen Mads Mik- a poster of Mads Mikkelsen. No, I can see that though. I think he's got that. Uh, he's got that time lordiness about him. Yeah. And it, the compute, and you know, if if uh, Nicolas Cage was getting naked on the other side of the script mm. twice, then I imagine, <laughs> uh, I imagine that uh, Mads Mikkelsen would would be game to do the exact same, but then rub up against you. Yeah, I mean, if you if you take something in the script, send it to Nick Cage, you go, yep. Yeah. Considering <laughs> the shit he's done, be like, yeah, fine. Yeah, that's how they'd know him. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, and then you've got Captain, and who would wear Buckley? <sighs> I don't know. You want someone a bit weird, but like cool, cool weird. Um, I just that's one of my head I've forgotten. Older or younger? Buckley, like young or older? I oh, could be either. I'm thinking Ed Norton. Ed Norton's perfect, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's good. That's a stellar cast that will never do that. (laughs) Other than Nicolas Cage, he's game. Oh, Nicolas Cage, yeah. I can't do Nicolas Cage. So, yeah, as I was reading that, I could not remember what I wrote and what I didn't. I don't know, because I think at some points you just sort of, you give in to the random nature of it. But I would really like to do, like a, you'd probably have to film it rather than, because you just hear the, Typing of the keys, which would get annoying, but it would be good to do one in real time because the shit it comes out with, I mean, and then you're, you're allowed to delete stuff as well. So if it comes up with something, you're allowed to change it, and it'll give you an alternative and stuff like that. But eventually, it wins. Judging yeah. by that script, <laughs> yeah, it, it wears you down. <laughs> yeah, I love this whole like they're stuck in this time warp, mm. um, and then as he fixes it and he kills the guy, the time lord. Mm. That sort of breaks time and blackness takes over. I think it's a really bleak ending that yeah. I quite enjoyed, to mm-hmm. be perfectly honest. Like, and that the voice from the bar top. Mm. Who was that? Don't know. Who do you want it to be? I don't know because I think I was trying to make it like right. It's obviously not going to become linear in any way, shape, or form. So let's make it a time thing. Let's shift things around. But it just wasn't. It just wasn't happening. So I think at the end, I was just saying again very annoyed with this let's just make it more and more Lynchian and just have it end <laughs> so is that who you'd sign on to direct David Lynch oh yeah yeah oh, 100% again I could send that to him as is <laughs> <laughs> and it would be fine he'd probably make it fucking amazing as well you know yeah. no I, I I I really did enjoy it for mm. some reason yeah, no. I've got another one as I say I've got, I won't not do it just now also, but I want another one which I in which I tried to write a Sopranos episode but I don't know. I might do that another day. I can't imagine that went well. <laughs> no, I didn't really. 
It, it's no David Chase. <laughs> Let's put it that way. No. No, no, no one is. No. But there you go. So uh, that's, yeah, I I really enjoyed your uh, genre hop, or your um, motif hopping from different mm. genres and films and movies and all that. Because you had your western and your cop drama at the start, as we said, then you went into your... Yeah, none, none, none of this was me. No, 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 I can imagine. Then it went, uh, <laughs> you had your Sopranos psychiatrist after your interrogation. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah, a bit of, bit of the interrogation was almost comedic mm. in a way, like a bit of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Uh, then you had your Sopranos and then you wafted in Doctor Who and there was a little bit of Brokeback Mountain when... Yeah, we bet. Scarsdale yeah. started rubbing himself against you for some reason. Don't know. <laughs> was that his last desperate plea for life? Well, they tried to keep a hold of his reality, but then he ran away, and then came back. But he was supposed to be in control, but he wasn't. Yeah. But then who was? You were. It's sort of like how the last episode had, where Jim became God in a weird way, mm. but uh, everything ran out on him. Maybe. That's kind of what it's like playing, because also when you're writing a script, you are essentially God of the characters, mm. in a weird way. So it's like when you do something like this, where the creative control is taken away from you, it's quite fascinating how you, your brain works. It's like, no, I, I am the God of this, mm. but my powers are it's, it, taken away from me. It's kind of interesting, like that idea that you're trying to create something, and you're trying to help create something, but the power's not in your court sort of thing. Yeah. It's like, I work a lot with folk who I do try and help, build their scripts but there's no power there I just have to say things and hope that they get put in mm. and there is a kind of, I almost get your frustration at it not working because I've or it not being listened to listened to because I've had that yeah. and I won't say anything about any of the scripts that has happened <laughs> with because I can't um, but like there is moments where you're like reading the same script over and over again and going no I told you that though Mm. So change that. It will, like, it will be... I don't know the be-all and end-all. I'm not fucking God in this department, but mm. I, I kind of, like, I'm reading it and trying to help you, so, like, at least take my... At least look like you've taken my advice. And yeah. that might kind of be what it's like, writing with that thing. A wee bit, but I doubt you're ever advising that it goes from a detective story to a... To something... I, I don't imagine your story. <laughs> you've written a wee detective story. All right, well, let's have some imaginary bunnies jump in that, and see what they have to say about it. Sounds more like something I'd write than <laughs> something yeah. else we should you know. That's true. Um, that was fantastic. I really enjoyed that, actually. I thought that was great. No no problem at all. Yeah, well, thank you to the guys over at AI Dungeon for creating that game. They, I should have said they're the sponsor, but they're not. I mean, they're not <laughs> um, no, we had our very real sponsors call us. Of course. I mean, I shouldn't have said what, because we have Tamdon's, Tam, Tamdon's Tandems. Tamdoms. Tamdoms. Yeah. Tamdoms. Tamdoms. And ramen. And ramen. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, with that, let's fucking get this episode over. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, tell a friend about the podcast if you've enjoyed it. Tell them to listen to either the newest episode or a favourite episode of yours. And uh, we do hope you've had a good time, as, mm-hmm. as much as we had. For the album recommendation of the week, I'm just going to go for a quite an obvious one. It seems obvious, but it's not. But it is, but it's uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, The Boatman's Call. Um, only If only for the first intro track, which is Into My Arms. Um, mm. If you only listen to that song. It's, well, I mean, it's not like it's homework, it's just, it's a recommendation, it's not a, a demand. Nick Cave's fantastic, like he's... Um, 
And he never came up when we did music stuff. We never really came up, did he? No, we were. Even when we abandoned doing stuff that was a bit more obscure, he never did actually. But then the Black Keys never really came up, and no, there's loads of things that didn't come up. Uh, yeah, Buddy Holly never came up. Buddy Holly's bloody good. Are you, are you know what? Just listen to Buddy Holly. No, listen. That is a fantastic Nick Cave album. Great recommendations. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, Liam fans, I know you'll be anxious. <laughs> He's coming back. Might and not be next week. Might not be next week, or it might be next week, depending on how I release these. Yeah. But he will be back at some point. Thank you. Uh, like Jim said and we will sign off and drink some more beer yep sayonara kids sayonara kids stay freelance oh that's it. Han Solo meets Captain Hope meets uh, Jim Reddy there woo uh, yeah I'm Dougal I'm always Jim good night good love good olives Dougal takes his clothes off <laughs> <laughs> again and again alright and we're Chin a bit. Skish, skish, <laughs> belush, motherfuckers. <laughs>